0: So, feel how you're resting on the floor tonight. The heavier places, the lighter places. And then the places that are so light, they're not even touching the floor. Is there somewhere that really stands out as the heavy pressure on the floor? For many people, that might be the pelvis... But it could also be that you feel that in your head or in your heels. Almost like you're supposed to be just lying on the floor, but maybe it feels almost like you're pushing on the floor. And you don't know how to stop. We're going to pay particular attention tonight to the use and the organization of what is probably for many of you the heaviest spot on the floor right now, the pelvis. If you're standing, it's your center of gravity. It's typically in this area. Some of your biggest, strongest muscles. And a real basis for, for, um, for your head. And for your head, that means for your thinking and perceiving and seeing the world around you. It's connected... By a spine, obviously, to your pelvis, but in gravity, it's kind of always in conversation with in relationship to your pelvis. So, that kind of fine control of your pelvis can um, pay off everywhere from your toes to your ankles to your knees to your hips to obviously your hips, all the way up your spine, your neck, your head. That's what we'll do tonight. So go ahead, bend your feet, bend your knees and stand your feet on the floor. And like last week, look for a place where your knees are really standing over your feet, somewhere at or maybe in front of your ankles. Somewhere on that line towards between your heel and the space between your first and second toes. That instruction is meaningful. And the real test is not that image of where I'm saying your knees should be. The real test is, do you feel like you have to do an effort in your hips to hold your knees up? If you move your feet a little bit out, a little bit in, a little bit towards you, a little bit away, where is the place where for you it feels like the least effort in your hips for your knees to just stand and balance over your feet? Without um, leaning your knees on one another. That's a that's a cheat. <laughs> that's a cheat that's not allowed. We allow many cheats in Feldenkrais, but that cheat is not allowed. Because the idea is the effortless balance of the knee over the foot, not leaning. Okay. Okay, so now you feel that heavy uh, bowl of your pelvis and your sacrum resting on the floor at the back, and maybe like your sacrum that's the most prominent spot of pressure, but fine for you, whatever it is, whatever it correlates to, however you would describe it anatomically, it doesn't matter, now you're just into your sensation of yourself and gravity, what's that point of pressure, of the heaviest pressure of your pelvis against the floor? Find that point, and now begin to roll your pelvis so that that point moves up towards the space towards the you know your belt line or the space behind your low back and then roll your pelvis so that that point moves down towards your tailbone so roll your pelvis up and down so that that point of heaviest contact moves up towards your the area of your belt and down towards your sacrum your tailbone and you might say to me if you just want me to do a pelvic tilt why don't you just ask me to do a pelvic tilt why am I putting it in this convoluted way well we're going to work with this convoluted way of putting it the idea is really to pay attention to that place where you're making the heaviest contact with the floor and just move it up and move it down and you use actually the minimal muscular effort that you can use to just accomplish actually that Movement, that action in the world. Roll it down and roll it up. And now ask yourself how straight a line is this that you're making? How straight a line? what do you feel elsewhere what do you feel in your low back obviously but into your spine up through your ribs your neck does your head do anything with this traveling of that heavy spot in your pelvis Are you using your feet to do it? So are your feet sort of pushing and pulling the floor or are they just resting on the floor? You roll that heavy spot up towards your belt and down towards your sacrum, your tailbone. Leave that and stretch out and take a rest. And then bend your knees and stand your feet again. And let's give ourselves an image, a sort of reference point for what we're doing and where we're moving this weight behind our pelvis. Imagine that spot where your pelvis at rest is most (laughs) heavily weighted. Imagine that's the middle of a clock face. And the top of the clock face, 12 o'clock, is under your belt. It's up towards your head. And the bottom of the clock face, 6 o'clock, is down in the direction of between your feet. But it's a fairly small clock, so it's not... uh, The 6 isn't actually between your feet, somewhere under your tailbone. It's got 12 o'clock behind your back and 6 o'clock behind your belt and 6 o'clock behind your tailbone. And so starting from that middle of the clock, just do the half of the rolling that is rolling up towards 12 o'clock. And then come back to the middle. So just go halfway up. I mean, start from the middle and do the path from the middle up towards 12 o'clock and then back down to the center, to the center of the clock. And notice as you do that, How far, how big is your clock going to be? How big is the whole diameter of your clock going to be given this? uh, The distance you're traveling from the middle upwards. And then leave that and just start in the middle and go downwards towards 6 o'clock. Take your pelvis down towards 6 o'clock. Roll that heavy spot down towards 6 o'clock. And say, okay, if this is rolling down towards 6 o'clock, how big is the clock face? Now, do you roll further when you go down than you did when you go up, or do you roll not as far? With the same ease, with the same level of effort or lack of effort. And so now continue through the middle so that you're rolling down and then up, up towards 12 and then down towards 6. Both directions. And imagine there's also a small clock behind the back of your head. So pay attention to the spot in the back of your head that weighs the most heavily on the floor. And as you... And the clock is the same. The 12 is at the top, the 6 is at the bottom. So as you roll your weight towards 6 o'clock in your pelvis, does the weight roll anywhere in the back of your head? Can the weight in the back of your head roll towards 6 o'clock? And as you roll the weight of your pelvis towards 12 o'clock, can the weight behind the back of your head roll towards 12 o'clock? Is that something that happens already just the minute you put the clock behind the back of your head, or is this something... You feel like you're being asked to put two movements together. It's an interesting question. How clear is that connection? Is there any connection? Or are these just two different movements I've asked you to do? So let's clarify that connection for everybody. Now, as you roll your pelvis towards 6 o'clock, actually roll your head towards 12 o'clock. And as you roll your pelvis towards 12 o'clock, roll your head towards 6 o'clock. And see if that feels... Connected, or if that feels like you're putting the brakes on the movement from one end. Just try it a few times until you get a sense of what that feels like. And then go back to, well, either doing nothing with your head and seeing what happens or as you roll your pelvis towards 6 o'clock, roll your head towards 6 o'clock. As you roll your pelvis towards 12 o'clock, roll your head towards 12 o'clock. And see if those two form kind of a single idea going on. That's a normal reaction of your head to how your pelvis is rolling. Sweet. And then leave that and stretch out your legs and take a rest. just observe anything changing on the floor. I'll get in next week to turn up the heater earlier. <laughs> it's a little chilly tonight. I can feel it in my socks on the floor. You okay? keeps everyone awake, especially the people in Texas. Is it keeping the people in Texas awake? <laughs> I don't think it's quite as cold. there. It's great. I have this European weather app on my phone, on my iPad. And... Um, it had last night for Halifax, it had like a cold weather warning. It was this orange triangle. Now I'm from the prairies, so I'm like, oh my God, what do they put on that European weather app when it's minus 40? Like, <laughs> what's there to be warned about zero degrees? I don't know. <laughs> okay, bend your knees. again. Stand your feet. Now, if 12 o'clock is under your belt and 6 o'clock is under your tailbone, then 3 o'clock should be under your left hip joint, 9 o'clock under your right hip joint. Mm -hmm. So start to roll your pelvis from side to side so that heavy weight, the point of contact, moves towards 3 o'clock underneath your left hip joint and then towards 9 o'clock behind your right hip joint. So you just try to draw kind of like you're drawing a straight line on the floor from 3 o'clock to 9 o'clock on the clock. And do it the whole time, really, more or less your knees stay balanced over your feet so your knees don't go from side to side. They might actually, like little pistons, they might sort of pump a little bit forwards and backwards, but they don't go from side to side. Roll that weight left and right. And with the same easy quality of movement that you rolled the pelvis up and down, slow, gradual. And how clear is that line across the middle of the clock from the place where the hands join the clock to the sides, left and right, three and nine. Just stop in the middle now and just go towards the 3 o'clock a few times. Just towards the 3 o'clock and back to the middle. So you can feel how, how big the clock face is out towards 3 o'clock. How far do you travel easily with light kind of control? Is the middle really the middle where you rest? And then towards 9 o'clock, just start from the center and go towards 9 o'clock. And how far, how easily do you go towards 9 o'clock? Is that more difficult, more clear, less clear? Moving towards 9 o'clock, and is it just, it's not just your pelvis moving, what happens in your low back? Up your spine, your ribs, anything in your neck or your head. maybe your feet again. how are you using your feet to push or are your feet keeping a fairly steady presence on the floor, as it were, just supporting your knees and letting the movement happen? Okay. And leave that and stretch out. Take a rest. And then bend your knees and stand your feet. Now we're going to start exploring the whole outer rim of the clock. And it's really interesting to find the places that are accessible, the places that aren't so accessible. It's pretty fundamental in our patterns, our habits, our ways of using ourselves. So roll your pelvis up towards 12 o'clock. So you bring that heaviest spot up towards 12 o'clock. And now start to head out around the circle. Just go out to 1 o'clock and then come back to 12 o'clock. So towards the left, if 3 o'clock is under your left hip, you've rolled up to 12 o'clock, and you just go towards 1 o'clock, and then back to 12 o'clock. And very quietly, very gently, easily do that a few times, concentrating or paying attention to making that um, easy and light, that little short transit around 1 12th of the clock here, to 1 o'clock and then back to 12 o'clock. And then once you've got pretty clearly established in your feeling where that 1 o'clock is, starting from 12 o'clock, now travel all the way to 2 o'clock. Travel around an arc of the top left corner of this clock towards 2 o'clock and then back to 12 o'clock. And then when you feel those two hours are clear, go all the way to 3 o'clock, so start at 12 o'clock, and travel around that whole upper quadrant of the clock face to 3 o'clock, and then back to 12 o'clock. And going over it slowly. It's a very small, subtle movement, but with that usual idea, anywhere, look for... Um, jumps and starts, look for places where you're holding somewhere and getting in your way, and where is that? Is it somewhere in your chest, up your back, somewhere in your breathing, somewhere in your neck, your jaw? Pay attention to all of that so that you notice how you can clarify, see how you can clarify and make easier and clearer this whole upper quadrant, left quadrant of the circle from 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock, and then back to 12 o'clock. And then let's turn the corner from three o'clock. So we go to three o'clock. It's not really a corner, but keep going to four o'clock. Keep going to four o'clock into the bottom half of the clock. And then back up to three, two, one, twelve o'clock. Continue around to four o'clock. And when you've got that clarified for yourself, add in 5 o'clock. So you're going all the way around from 12 o'clock through 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, not quite all the way to the bottom, to 5 o'clock. Can you find 5 o'clock? Is that as clear an hour as the others? And then add all the way to 6 o'clock. So you start at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4, 5, and 6. You come all the way down to the bottom of the clock. And just go back and forth along that arc along the left side of the clock between 12 and 6 o'clock through the 3 Every time you do it, you make it smoother, more arc-like, more half of the circle. Let go of anything you might be doing. Maybe you clench your hands at some point in the clock. Maybe you tighten your shoulders. Maybe at some point in the clock, it's not that you tighten your shoulders, but you realize that in order to get to that part of the clock, you have to breathe more simply. or let your ribs be softer. Okay, and leave that now. Stretch out your legs, take a rest. And as you rest, compare the feeling you have, the whole left side of your body, the whole right side of your body, the left side of your face, the right side of your face, And again, bend your knees and stand your feet. And roll your pelvis up to 12 o'clock now, and now begin to explore the other side of the clock. So you go to 11 o'clock, from 12 to 11, and then back to 12. 12 to 11, and back to 12. And it's amazing, obviously, to roll the pelvis. I mean, maybe it's obvious intellectually, you see how much you feel. To roll the pelvis, the whole length of the spine has to be letting that happen. Your chest, your ribs. So where where, where, where do you feel it everywhere else? As you roll to 11 o'clock and then back to 12 And then if you continue to 10 o'clock from 12 towards the right now to 11 to 10, where do you have to start allowing yourself to lengthen or permit the movement through your spine, through your chest in the front, through your torso, all the way to the base of your neck? From 12 to 11 to 10 and 10 back up to 11 to 12. See how clear these hours are? And then continue to nine. So you add nine into that. You're going from 12, 11, 10, 9. And back through the hours. Along that right upper quadrant of the circle. Back of the clock. Back to 12. Gradually making it simpler and easier. Clarifying. wrong with a little background music? Okay, and then continue on from 9 to 8 o'clock. 12, and through the hours, 11, 10, 9, 8... Gradually clarifying, not marking, noting as you go through each hour, but also noticing the places in between each hour. And then seven, continue all the way to seven. almost, but not quite around the full half circle. And then from 7 to 8 to 9, 10, 11, 12, back around. And then add in and continue around so that you go all the way to 6. Going around now the right side, the 9 o'clock side of the circle of the clock. How smooth and circular is it? Are there corners that you're turning? Is there a side of the clock that's kind of getting locked off in a straight line? Gradually make it more and more circular and clear. The whole right half of the clock face. Great. Okay. And then leave that and stretch out and rest. Then bend your knees and stand your feet again. And roll your pelvis up to 12. And now go from 12 to 1 o'clock and then 1 o'clock back to 11 o'clock. So start to go back and forth around the top of the arc. 12 o'clock over to 1 o'clock and then back up to 12 o'clock and over to 11 o'clock. From side to side and just a little bit down in that arc. And then from 12 o'clock to 2 o'clock and back around the top to 11 o'clock and 10 o'clock. So you're doing the first two hours on each side. Top of the circle. And just seeing how easy, how accessible, how clear these hours are on the top. Between 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock. Probably young people today don't know. it was always ten to two. <laughs> the Timex watch commercials. <laughs> and we're dating ourselves. Okay, and then from three o'clock to nine o'clock. cross the arc through the twelve o'clock, top half of the whole watch face. And then leave that for a moment, just pause. You can stay with your legs standing, pause. And roll down towards 12 o'clock. And from 12, I mean towards 6 o'clock. Roll down towards 6 o'clock. And from 6 o'clock go to 5 o'clock on one side and 7 o'clock on the other side. The, um, through six o'clock, so it's a little arc, tiny arc at the bottom of your clock. And then add going from four through to eight. I don't know if the bottom of the clock is experientially as clear to you as the top, but I can say it's cognitively more difficult. I have to think more about it. The time here. Four o'clock, five, six, seven, eight. Only one more to go, so I can't get it wrong. And then you add in from three o'clock to nine o'clock from three, the whole bottom half of the clock. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, Comparing, feeling how accessible each hour is, making it easier. Great. And again, stretch out your legs, take a rest. again, bend your knees and stand your feet. And now roll your pelvis up to 12 o'clock and start towards 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Start to move that heaviest spot around the clock. All the way around the bottom, 4, 5, 6 and continue, 7, 8, 9. Through the top, 10, 11, 12. So you're going all the way through the 12 hours of the clock in a clockwise direction. Gently, slowly. And feel what that's like. Feel the clarity that you get to all the hours when you come to the second half of the clock. You're clearly oriented where you're going. How smooth is that? Where are the places that are clearer, less clear? Going in a clockwise direction. And then start from 12. What happens if you turn it around and go in a counterclockwise direction? Does it feel like the same clock you're traveling around? Going counterclockwise now. what does your head do? What does that spot at the back of your head do? It's going up and down on its little clock dial. Is it making a clock circle? It's a little circle behind your head doing, a clock behind your head and the resting of your head. Okay, leave that, stretch out, take a rest. And again, bend your knees and stand your feet. And begin now to lift your uh, left knee so that you're just releasing your left foot from the floor, letting your left foot come away from the floor, and then put your left foot down again. So lift your left knee just to lift your foot off the floor and put it down again. And do it in a way, ask yourself if you're doing anything with your foot, right? If you just started to lift from your knee, then presumably your heel would come off first and then your toes would come off later, unless you're somehow holding your toes up, right? Gravity would just mean that your toes would be the last thing that would come off the ground or the ball of your foot. Do you get any feeling of that? Do you get any feeling that as you lift your knee, so your left foot comes away from the floor, You can just lift it just enough that your heel starts to come away, but your toes don't even come away yet. Try that. Try lifting just enough that you start to break contact. Your heel comes away and your toes don't lift yet because your toes aren't glued to your heel. You know, your forefoot's got some flop to it. It's got bones. It's got joints. Unless you're holding it up. Then lifting your knees first, going to lift your heel. And then do that slowly so that you feel the distinction that you just start in your heel lifts and only lift as far as your forefoot just comes a millimeter off the floor just to slip a piece of paper out and then as your knee goes back down your forefoot will go back first and then your heel will be the last thing to touch so you feel that so you're really listening to gravity with your foot as you lift your knee and put your knee down If you can do that, because your foot's actually a fairly intelligent being. Or, well, it's not so intelligent, but it talks to your brain, and your brain's pretty smart. And the minute you change the foot's sensation of weight and gravity, it probably wants to react and do something. probably doesn't just hang like a piece of, you know, weight. It probably says, ooh, oh, it," you know, it looks for the floor, it looks for something, it lifts up, it goes. So it's a really interesting kind of game. It's really interesting clarification to let your foot be more and more passive. Say, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to be smart. Just hang. Be stupid. Let me lift my knee. And the heel comes off first, and then forefoot and toes. interesting. And now as you do that, don't just feel the lifting of your foot from the floor, but what happens in your left hip joint? Because now... You're making a greater weight into your left hip joint as you lift your knee. That whole weight of your leg, how's it going to get anywhere? It's going to go back into the floor in your left hip joint. You might even feel that sinking back a little in your left hip joint, the back of your pelvis on the left getting a little light, heavier, your pelvis rolling a little in that direction, for example. So feel that side of the movement too. You're feeling how your foot is having a little conversation with gravity as you lift your knee but also as you lift your knee that whole weight of your leg it's not being held by your foot anymore so it has to go back into that hip joint back towards the floor behind you through that left hip joint or into your pelvis, into your torso it goes somewhere the weight goes somewhere feel that great You feel a little crease, almost maybe your pelvis rolls a little to the left and your very low belly moves towards your left thigh. Okay, great, leave that, stretch out your legs, take a rest. Compare your left and right sides. And then again, bend your knees and stand your feet. Roll your pelvis up to 12 o'clock and start that circle again. Go all the way around the circle, around the clock. One, two, three, four, five. Continue around the clock, all the way in a circle. And compare how clear the left side of the clock is from the right side of the clock now. So just that simple process of lifting your leg of finding the weight back into the hip joint of playing with your foot and its awareness of gravity in the floor has that changed the clarity of the left side of the clock from one through three to six in particular maybe it changed how the right side of the clock feels I don't know but might be more likely to change how the left side of the clock feels You can go counterclockwise as well, go in the other direction, compare... and then leave that and stretch out take a rest and then once again bend your knees and stand your feet With your right knee now Just begin to Begin to lift your right knee So already at the beginning You're feeling that little bit of weight That goes back into your right hip joint Before you've even broken with the floor With the right foot And you feel already It's really your heel Starts to break with the floor first Your heel gets lighter Not that you're pushing off with your toe But just because you're just lifting And your foot hangs a little, so you lift your heel first. And you just continue lifting just till your forefoot comes enough off the ground you can slide a piece of paper out. You don't need to lift farther than that. You lift your right foot just that little bit and feel the weight move back. Take it back into your right hip joint. And feel how the rest of you takes part in that or responds to that. And grow it a little bit gradually so you can really wake up that ability of your right foot to to kind of differentiate itself kind of let itself be passive in gravity let itself feel that when the heel reaches the forefoot still hanging stays behind unless you're lifting it maybe even when the ball of the foot comes off the toes still touch when you put it back down you can feel what touches first the toes or the ball of the foot When does each little piece of your foot come back to the ground as you put it down again? You're just breaking ground, just enough to take a piece of paper out from underneath, not to really lift your foot. Feeling those two sides, the weight back into your hip joint, and the foot peeling away from the floor and coming back onto the floor. And can you use that? It's really like using the weight of your leg to make clear to yourself really exactly where the head of the femur of your long thigh bone fits into your pelvis, fits into your hip joint. It might not be where you initially think it is. Let the weight tell you. And then leave that to stand your foot on the floor and go around the pelvic clock again. So roll up to 12 and start counterclockwise this time. Go around to 9 and down to 6 then up to 3. Back up to 12. And feel what it's like. Each of your hip joints, your two hip joints, is the way that each leg works independently as your legs go down, as your pelvis travels around the clock, is that becoming clearer? I feel that there's actually sort of subtle creasing and uncreasing in through the groin, through the hip joints in the front. Your knee is still resting towards the ceiling, not going from side to side, but maybe there's clear the way that they pump a little bit forwards and backwards. As you go towards 9 o'clock, your left knee might lengthen a little and your right knee shorten. As you go towards 3 o'clock, your right knee might lengthen a little and your left knee shorten. Okay, leave that, stretch out, take a rest. And let's not forget our heads. So let's finish off by integrating with uh, our heads that we have occasionally visited while we've been doing this. Bend your knees and stand your feet. And roll your pelvis up to 12. And where does your head roll? Does your head roll up towards the 12 on the little clock behind your head? Roll from 12 to 6. With your pelvis, just roll from 12 to 6 and feel now, compared to the beginning of the lesson, sort of a clear connection happening spontaneously. With your head also rolling between its 12 and 6. And then the next time you're up at 12, start to go around the circle to 3 to 6 and then to 9 and back up to 12. And if your head's going to also travel around a clock circle, not just move up and down with your pelvis, but travel left and right, What's it going to do? Is it going to go opposite or is it going to go the same? Is it going to go to 3 o'clock when your pelvis goes to 3 o'clock or to 9 o'clock when your pelvis goes to 3 o'clock? I'm going to let you make the first call on that. You choose where it goes if you don't think too hard about it. And try that going counterclockwise the other direction and see is your head still inclined to go opposite or the same side, whichever you were doing first. When you go counterclockwise and you go to nine, does your head go with the little clock behind it to nine or does it go over to three? Going the same or opposite? And then keep what you're doing with the pelvis, continue going in this counterclockwise direction, but take your head in the opposite direction to what you were doing. So um, maybe that means now when you roll to nine, your head will also roll to nine, and when you roll to six, your head will also roll to six. When you roll to three, it'll also roll to three, or maybe it means the opposite. Maybe it means when you roll to nine, your head is actually going to roll to three, when you go to six, they're both going to roll the six together. But when you go to three, your head will roll to nine. Whichever of those two you didn't start with, start with that now. Do that now. And then gradually let go of thinking about that with your head. Don't think about what your head does and let that traveling of your pelvis around the clock get a little lighter, a little smoother, a little easier, a little faster. Don't rush it, but just let it speed up and let it get kind of carefree. Don't worry so much about being smooth around each of the hours and let your head do what your head does and just notice what your head does. Okay. Beautiful. And leave that. Stretch up. And feel now those, where are the heavy places? Come back to the heavy places you felt at the beginning of the lesson. Are they as heavy? Is the weight more evenly distributed? And the lighter places, are they closer to the floor? Putting some weight into the floor? Is there less space behind some places? And slowly, at your own pace, whenever you're ready, you can roll to your sides, come up to sitting, and come up to standing, and see how this pelvis serves you in uh, walking and everything else you do.